Somebody say hallelujah. Man, if I were Pentecost, I'd be running the aisles right now. Somebody say amen. I might just take off and jump a few. Amen. Take your Bibles and turn with me to the book of Psalms, chapter number 90. Uh, Sweetheart, the Lord led me a little bit of a different direction, so we're not going to have a PowerPoint. And I promise you that it's my wife in the sound room. Brother Michael is out of town. I just called my wife, sweetheart. Psalms 90. If I could, uh, just cut me down a little bit in these monitors on the stage, please, brother. It's a little hot up here right now, but I can't get Psalms 90 and verse 12 off my mind. I, I, I shared this verse yesterday in a funeral, and uh, and it has weighed heavy on me since last night to share just some thoughts from Psalms 90 with you today. Um, today's sermon may not be quite as polished or like I would uh, be comfortable preaching it like I normally prepare, but... I believe God wants us to do this. There's somebody here today, as I've been just uh, heavy on this front pew, um, am I going to be obedient to what God wants me to do or not? There's somebody here today that needs to hear from Psalms 90, uh, including myself. I know I want to look at it again. Psalms chapter 90. Have you ever wrestled with questions? Have you ever wrestled with questions in your life? Um hard questions. Uh, Maybe the difficulty of life is overwhelming. You know, I'm sure there's many among us today that they they know what it's like to battle depression and anxiety. Um, They know what it's like to hurt deeply. Uh, You know what it's like to be hurt deeply uh, by others. Um, You know, there's uh, family tension. There's unforgiveness uh, that abounds. Um... I don't know, maybe there's people we avoid, people we, that we hold uh, bitterness towards and that we resent them. Like, can I just stop and say that living with bitterness and resentment, that's a terrible way to live life? We wrestle with the hard seasons of life. You know, this morning in Sunday school, we talked about faith. And, and when you look into Hebrews 11, you see the names, these examples we have of people who, it says, by faith, they did what they did. How many understand being faithful to God uh, doesn't mean that my life's going to be free of struggle, right? It doesn't mean that my life's going to be free of sin that I battle, right? Because we are still in the flesh, we still are tempted, we still yield to temptation at times, don't we? Um, and so questions abound. As all of these things hit us, questions abound. And a question I've, you know, I've often asked is, what am I supposed to do? How am I supposed to move forward? Um, what's next? What's next? Have you ever thought, like, how in the world can I move forward from this? Have you ever had that, maybe that mentality to overcome you? How can I move forward from this? Now, when, do, when, when the hard questions of life, and this is an important question, when the hard questions of life attack us, where do you run? 
who do you take those questions to? You know, when tragedy happens or something comes to our home that's hard to handle, often isn't it true? There's just not words that can satisfy. There are no words to make it better. You know, and, I, and something hit me years ago that, look, when there are no words, aren't you thankful we have the word? <laughs> when there are no words, we run to the word. And, and so that's my challenge to all of us. We've got to run to the Bible with the hard questions of life. And look, when I surrender my life to Jesus at the age of 17, the word of God became where I ran with, with everything in my life. And Jesus has been who I turn to. A favorite verse of mine is Romans 15, 4 that tells us, for whatever was written in earlier times was written for our instruction so that through perseverance and the encouragement of the scriptures, we might have hope. And each day that I look to the Bible, that's what I find. I find that I have instruction. I find that I have meaning and, and purpose. I find that I have comfort and strength. And ultimately, I find that I live with hope every day of my life because of what Jesus has done. And Psalms 90 is a passage of Scripture that in the most difficult season of my life was one that the Lord led me to many years ago. And I I shared it yesterday with this family, and I I want to share it with us today as the the best I can. Psalms 90 and verse 12 says this. We may have different translations represented here today, but that's okay. But what I want us to do, let's read this verse out loud together, okay? All right, here we go. So teach us to number our days that we may present to you a heart of wisdom. Let's read it one more time. So teach us to number our days that we may present to you a heart of wisdom. A couple of things we know about Psalms 90 is that it's the oldest psalm we have. You know, we're going through a series called This Is My Story. And this will line right up with the series that we're in. Now, this may be a different text to go to in the life of this individual that we can talk about today. But the writer of this psalm is Moses. The writer of Psalms 90 is Moses. How many know who Moses is? We know who Moses is. Um, but Moses' story, certainly, it involves leading God's people out of bondage, the parting of the Red Sea, the plagues of Egypt, all of those things. But here in Psalms 90, we see a different aspect of Moses' story as he pens these words under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. He's the one who writes these words, teach us to number our days that we may present to you a heart of wisdom. When did, did he write this psalm? Why did he write these words that we look at today? Most believe that Psalms 90, that Moses wrote these words after God's people were condemned to journey in the wilderness for 40 years after they fell into sin. And shortly after this episode, now listen, Moses' brother and sister died. So it was between these two deaths that Moses struck the rock in disobedience to the Lord as well. How many would agree, understanding those brief details about when he writes this, Moses was having a hard time. So right off the bat, we learn that it's okay if I'm having a hard time, I can certainly relate to Moses. He was having a difficult time. 
when he writes these words. His life was overwhelming. It was complicated. And, you know, and, and I ask, how did, man, how did Moses manage to overcome and be the man of God that he was, have the faith that he did, even in spite of all of these unfortunate circumstances? Because his life was not easy. But he triumphed. We know that about Moses. In fact, he's in that hall of faith we looked at this morning in Hebrews 11. He shares some great insights in Psalms 90 about how we can end end well. I'm looking at people today, um, you may have a lot of regrets. Hey, can I tell you something? You're looking at a guy that has a lot of regrets. He's talking to you this morning. You know, there's times, and I've, I've told my kids this, I wish I was a better daddy at times. I have a 16-year-old now who's driving. Everybody say, bless my heart. No, he's doing a good job. I'm, thinking, I, I'm excited about this stuff. Been a dad 16 years now, and I can tell you, in 16 years, man, there's a lot I would go back and change. There's a lot of regrets I have. Whether it be an attitude, something you say, more time spent when you put other things ahead of your family. Look, I know what it's like to have regrets. I know what it's like to have deep regrets. When one of your children's in heaven, boy, your mind goes to a lot. And that is true. Your mind goes to a lot. But I'm thankful that despite all of the past regrets, hey, aren't you thankful you can end well? Aren't you thankful our story can take a different course? Aren't you thankful that God can right our wrongs? Aren't you thankful there's grace and forgiveness and mercy every day of our lives? Aren't you thankful for Lamentations 3 where Jeremiah said again, this man of God known as the weeping prophet in the middle of all this destruction as the Babylonians have ransacked his people. He's grieving. He's hurting. People he loves has lost their lives. They've been deeply wounded. And he says in Lamentations 3, the Lord's mercies are new every single morning. Somebody say amen. Because if that was not true, we would be a people most miserable. Because we would stay in the prison of all of the regrets and all of the stuff we wish we would have done different. Moses made mistakes. Moses battled sin in his life. And in Psalms 90, he shows us and tells us, this is how you end well. And we know Moses ended well. And church, I want to end well. I want everybody in this room to end well. I want you to get to the end of your life knowing I gave everything for Christ. I lived my life well for Jesus Christ. And that can change today no matter what's happened in the past. If you get a hold of Psalms 90 and verse 12, it'll change your life like it's changed mine. We know that in the Bible, I mentioned the wilderness a moment ago. But the wilderness is a symbol of loneliness and testing. A symbol of loneliness and testing. You know, and I'm also learning that the older I get that it's often in the wilderness. Isn't this just true? In the wilderness seasons of our lives that we learn lessons that we could not learn any way else. God teaches us so much in those wilderness seasons. 
about who he is and about who we are. Look, our life is not easy. It gets messed up. Our life can be extremely difficult. Questions flood our mind. And here's what I want us to do today. I want us to commit to do what Moses did in this song as he was struggling. He ran to God, and I want you to notice he said, Lord, teach me. He said, Lord, teach me. That was his request. Father, Lord, teach me. We battle a lot in life that's often unanswerable in words. There's not an answer that anybody can give us that will satisfy us. And somehow we always keep seeking it, don't we? But we know that there's not an answer that's going to make it better. There are a lot of what-ifs, a lot of different things that run through our minds, and I'm sure this was going on in the life of Moses. And he runs to the Father, and he says, Lord, teach me. That needs to be where we run to when we have unanswerable questions. We need to say, Father, Lord, teach me. There's a lot that I don't understand. Have you ever been there? You don't understand what God does or why God does what he does. I don't quite understand all the ways that God works in and through our lives, but I do know that his way is perfect. I do know that his way is right. I do know that he has the best interest of his kids at heart like any good daddy does. Moses runs to God and he says, Lord, teach me. If you examine the first few verses of this chapter, I'll go back to, go back to verse 1. Look at what Moses said here. Check this out. Psalms 90 and verse 1. Now watch what he says. He says, Lord, you have been our dwelling place in all generations. Before the mountains were born, or you gave birth to the earth and the world, even from everlasting to everlasting, you are God. You turn man back into dust and say, return, O children of men, for a thousand years in your sight or like yesterday, and when it passes by, or as a watch in the night. You have swept them away like a flood. They fall asleep in the morning. They are like grass which sprouts anew in the morning. It flourishes and sprouts anew toward evening. It fades and withers away. He expounds for you and me on the power and the glory of the God that we serve. He reminds himself about the power of the Lord to which he is talking. Moses' declaration is you are God. You are God. How many understand? He's God and we're not. He's God. We are not. Because isn't it true in our weakness we're reminded of his strength? Here in Moses' weakness, he's reminded of the strength of God. That his grace is ever sufficient. You remember when the apostle Paul had the thorn in his side and he asked the Lord to remove it from him three times? And this was not just this casual asking. He pleaded with God to remove this thorn, whatever it was, in his life from him. He wanted it taken away. God chose not to. And so uh, Paul said, I would glory in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. For when I am weak, then I am what? Strong. Because Jesus told him, my grace, Paul, my grace is sufficient for you. My grace is all you need. Hey, we need that reminder, don't we? His grace is all we need. His grace is what we need. 
to be able to have strength to keep persevering in life. His grace is what we need. Look at my weakest moments. I've been reminded of his strength, but I've also been reminded of his wisdom. I wrote this down many, many months ago. I said God knows best, does best, and is best. I wanted to remind myself that God is best. In every aspect, God is best. You know, I like looking at the name of God that Moses used here. He uses four names for God in Psalms 90. He uses Adonai, my Lord, interpreted my Lord. He uses the term El, the Almighty is what that means. Jehovah, one true God. And then he uses the name Elohim, the supreme God. So, here's what we do. Life's difficult. We need, we need help. We run to the Lord, the Almighty, one true God, supreme above all others. We say, teach me. <laughs> That's who we're running to. Teach me. That's what Moses did. Lord, teach me. That was his request. But what did he ask God to teach him? Notice the second part of the verse. He said, Lord, teach me to what? What did it say? To Number my days. To number my days. You've heard me say this before, but we often see how God measures our lives in days, not years. We're pretty good at measuring our lives in years. I'll soon to be 40 years old. Amen? Looking forward to it. I'm going to have a positive attitude about it. I don't care what anybody says. We, we understand how old we are. Most of, most of us <laughs> know how old we are. Some of us may have to ask our spouse or our kids, how old am I? But I doubt that 0% of us know how many days old we are. But it's important to point out that this is going much more. He said, Lord, teach me. The God above all, teach me to number my days. Moses is going way beyond just counting up the days of how old he is. Moses is literally asking the Lord here, Lord, teach me that every present day could be my last. Some translations translate this phrase, Lord, teach me about the brevity of life. How many understand life is brief? Like I remember when that fellow sitting over there, he's as tall as I am now as a baby, I was holding him changing his diapers. Just like it was yesterday. Man, he showed me a picture the other day when he was a baby. How does it go from this to that so quick? It just scoots on by. Life is brief. Very, very brief. James said this. He said in James 4.14, your life is a vapor. It appears for a little time and then vanishes. In Proverbs 27.1, Solomon said, look, boast not yourself of tomorrow if you don't know what tomorrow is going to bring. So he's like, Lord, teach me to live in the present right now as if it were the last day that I have. One writer said this, our ability to influence the world is directly proportional to our knack for managing our own lives. Self-help books are bestsellers for a reason. 
Because people are all over searching for a way to improve because they know their life is brief. They know their time is short. So they turn to self-help books. Look, we turn to the Bible. We're looking at the very Word of God, this Word that will abide forever, that can help us in our seasons of life, that can help us understand, Lord, teach me to number our days. What would change in our life if we learned to keep track of our days rather than just scoot on by with our years? In verse 7, notice what he says, For we have been consumed by your anger, and by your wrath we have been dismayed. You have placed our iniquities before you, our secret sins, in the light of your presence. And watch what he says, For all our days have declined in your fury. We have finished our years like a sigh. As for the days of our life, they contain 70 years, or if due to strength, 80 years. Yet their pride is but labor and sorrow, for soon it is gone, and we fly away. Who understands the power of your anger, your fury, according to the fear that is due to you? Look, truthfully, we don't like to think about the wrath of God. In fact, it's not, it's not popular today to preach, about, preach the wrath of God. How many understand the wrath of God is mentioned over and over in the Word of God? We ought to address it. Amen? Every obituary in the newspaper, every funeral I preach, is a reminder that the wages of sin is death. We finish our years, Moses said, we finish them like a sigh. And we can't believe it all went by so fast. So now, right now, because in the present, right here is the time to ask God for wisdom. As we live our days, as we make an impact for the glory of God, Lord, teach me to number my days because they're scooting by all so fast. Teach us to number our days. Has somebody answered this question for me? How many days can we live at one time? Shout it out there for me. Who said it? Hey, we can live one day at a time. And why do we stress ourselves so silly <laughs> trying to live a week at a time? I'm not saying don't be planned out. Planning's a good thing. But what if we learn to live in the present and learn to make the most of right now? Because right now may be the last moment we all, we all have together. Lord, teach me to number my days. Teach me to live right now in the present as if it's my last day. Teach me the brevity of life, Moses said. But then notice the last part of verse 12. He said, teach me to number my days that we may present to you a heart of wisdom. And I may present to you a heart of wisdom. Look, the only way to live with wisdom is to go back to the beginning of the verse when Moses said, Lord, he said, Lord, teach me. The only way to live our lives with purpose, meaning, and fulfillment is to know the Lord. At some point in Moses' life, he had surrendered his life to the Lord. He'd been used of God in a magnificent way. He wasn't a perfect man, battled, like I said, battled sin, struggles, uh, 
didn't think very highly of himself. How many understand today God uses broken people? Amen. He uses broken people. some point in Moses' life, he had surrendered to the Lord. And that laid the foundation for him being able to live with wisdom in his life. He says, Lord, teach me to number my days. This could be my last day so that I may present to you a heart of wisdom because the only way that we live with wisdom is to know the Lord. That's the only way we can live our days with eternal impact is to know the Lord. It's to be completely, fully sold out, surrendered to him. That's it. Hey, how many understand this world wants you pursuing everything that, quote, will make you happy? You see, while they keep coming out with new stuff, and you notice it's more and more frequent now. It's like every year a new phone's rolling off the market or something else cool's coming out. You know why they keep rolling out stuff? Because they want people enslaved in their debt to them. They want you pursuing stuff your entire life, thinking and manipulating you, leading you along, saying that this next thing's going to satisfy you. This next thing's going to make you happy. This next thing's what it's about. Can I tell you, Jesus is what it's about. You say, well, preacher, I disagree with you. Look, that's okay. Everyone has a right to disagree. God gave us a free will to choose him or not to choose him. But I'll tell you this. You can mark these words. You will remember these words. One day you will stand before a holy God. And you'll remember this service right here. When I had the opportunity to say, Lord, teach me to number my days and live each day for your glory so that I may present to you a heart of wisdom. You're going to remember this day. You will stand. Every person is going to stand before a holy God. And we've got to ask ourselves the question, right now, who am I living for? What am I living my days for? Who am I living my days for? Because the world wants you pursuing the stuff, the substances, all this, these things in life that will never fulfill you. Satan just wants to string you along and isolate you at some point and wants to lead you straight to hell is what he wants. The only fulfillment anybody in this room will ever experience in this life is when they immerse themselves in this right here. When they sell their life out to Jesus Christ. When they become a slave to him. They impact eternity. They don't live for the here and now. They live for the hereafter. They understand that this world's not their home. That they are passing through. They understand they have a better world to come that's awaiting them in death. They understand that there's suffering and pain in this life. Look, you may give your life to Jesus Christ today, and I'll tell you what, your life will get harder. Hold up. That's not what we've heard for decades in the church. Can I tell you something? Jesus didn't come to solve all your problems. He came to, say, to save you and give you peace. Hey, I like how my dad put it. You can have problems with peace or without peace. I much better have problems with peace. I have problems every day in my life. But I have them with peace. Hey, you know the greatest sleep aid there is? Knowing Jesus is your Lord and Savior. Knowing if I never wake up again, the first face I see is the face of Jesus. Moses said, Lord, teach me to number my days so that I may present to you a heart of wisdom. Look, the only way we live with wisdom is to know the Lord. He's the one who teaches us. And the life-changing truth is if we learn to, learn, learn to live our days, our days, each day of our life for the glory of God, trusting Him to fulfill His purpose in our lives. 
Look, let me encourage you this morning to be honest with God, yourself, and others. Can I ask you a question? How are you doing right now? Not just a, a, a flippant, cordial, how are you doing, but how are you really doing right now? It's hard to approach that sometimes. Sometimes you're asked that question and you want to ask the person, ask, well, do you got about an hour? <laughs> you got some time. <laughs> Let me tell you how I'm doing. You know, and, and, but we don't, you know, usually it's just cordial, you know, I'm doing okay or whatever, we, we pass. But no, how are you doing right now? Something we all need to do today is be honest with God, ourselves, and other people. And understand it's okay to say I'm struggling. Moses was struggling here. Can I encourage you to love your family well? Another thought I have is I think on, on, on numbering our days, living our lives well, living our lives with them. Look, love your family well. Hey, how many is thankful that Jesus forgave you? And forgive the people in your life that's hurt you. Well, they haven't asked. They don't have to. Jesus very clearly said, look, you forgive others as I have forgiven you. Forgive the people that's hurt you. Look, it may not free them, but it'll free you. It'll free you. Lay that weight aside today and, and learn to forgive people the way you have been offered forgiveness in Christ. Look, love your family well. Be sure everything is right between those that you love, yourself and those that you love. But value all people is another thought I have. If we're going to live our days well, be honest with God, yourself, and others. Love your family well. But, man, value all people. I think a, you know, a good question is who do you reach out to, but I think even a better question is who do you avoid. Because when we answer the question, who do we avoid, it, it really tells us a lot about where we need to grow spiritually. Who do I avoid? You understand there are people that need the Lord. They need the hope that Christ can only give. And above all, if we're to live our lives, our, live our days well, we need to love Jesus. Live a life of obedience. Look, true contentment and fulfillment is only found in a relationship with Christ, being obedient to his word. Moses said, Lord, teach me to number my days. Lord, teach me that every day as likely could be, be my last. Teach me about the brevity of life so that I may present to you a heart of wisdom. How many would agree there's a lot of truth in that verse this morning that helps everybody in this room? I invite you to stand to your feet this morning as we pray. Father, I thank you, Lord, for your word today, and God, for, Lord, just pounding my heart with this verse again. Lord, we often read your word. I know I do. I often read your word, and I'm familiar with it, and God, um, sometimes I overlook verses that, uh, that once really impacted my life and spoke to me, and God, 
I thank you for impacting me this weekend with this verse again. Or someone here today needed, needed this verse besides me. And God, I just pray that you would use it for your glory. God, that we would apply this truth to our lives. Father, thank you for being so good in all seasons of my life. And Lord, you're, you're ever-present. You're here. Lord, we can struggle like Moses did. We can grieve. We can hurt. We can be in pain, suffering, sickness, tragedy. Lord, you're with us through it all. And God, you teach us so many things through those seasons. Lord, that I pray we would learn. Lord, especially I pray we would learn, God, to number our days, to live each day as if it could be our last. Teach us about the brevity of life. Lord, help it each day to impact us in a way that we live that day for your glory. Lord, I pray everybody here knows you. Uh, Lord, as I talked about briefly, the beginning of, of living life with wisdom is knowing, knowing you. And God, there may be some here today they are wrestling with that because they've been inundated with all kinds of philosophies and things that make them doubt whether it's true. And God, I just pray that the light, the light would go on for them today about uh, you who love them so much that you gave Jesus to die for all their sins on the cross. And God, that today they would just simply say, Father, Lord, forgive me and be my Savior. And, and God, I pray today that someone would leave here saved that came in lost. I pray, God, they would know you before it's eternally too late. If they had bowed and every eye closed just for a moment, as Brother Eric and Lori lead us this morning, I just want to ask you a couple of questions. Uh, if you knew the date of your death the Bible tells us in Hebrews 9 that it's appointed unto men once to die and after this the judgment we all have an appointment with death if you knew the date of your death how would it affect the way you live today how would it affect the way you live today what are the changes that you need to make in your marriage your parenting your priorities as we seek to present to the Lord a heart of wisdom as we ask him, Lord, teach me to number my days. Can I ask some Christians this morning to get around this altar? Would you come and just talk to your father today? Maybe you just need to come and pray this verse. Lord, teach me about the brevity of life. Teach me to live each day as if it's my last so that I can live with wisdom and present a heart of wisdom to you. If you're here today and you're lost, would you please be saved? Look, don't trust religion. Don't trust works, good things you've done, where you came from. I'm thankful to come up in a good family, but that didn't save me. Have you decided to follow Christ with your life is the question. Have you surrendered to Him? I invite you to do that now as Brother Eric and Miss Lori lead us today. I invite you to come as they sing. Just as I am without one thing, but that thy blood was shed for me, and that thou bidst me come to thee. Oh.
Father, thank you, Lord, for this verse of Scripture. And, Lord, I pray you seal it to our hearts and minds. Help us to live Psalms 90, 12. God, you know each need this morning. Lord, you know uh, the grief, the pain, the, the hurt, or the sickness represented in this room. You know the burdens we carry. God, I pray like Moses, we would ask you to teach us. Lord, allow these moments of life to teach us about life's fr- uh, brevity and how fragile life really is. Lord, help us to understand, uh, Lord, that the greatest thing we can do is live one day at a time for your glory. And to do that, God, you have to be the Lord of our lives like you were uh, of Moses' life. So God, use us for your glory. Help us to impact people's lives with the gospel. Help us to be a blessing and encouragement. Strengthen us, comfort us, God, in our, in our time of suffering, Lord. And help us to move forward for your glory. Lord, the resent and the bitterness we carry, Lord, from relationships and things that happen in life. God, help us to let those things uh, be cleansed by the blood of Christ and Help us to forgive as you have forgiven us and help us to be freed and liberated from unforgiveness and those things that that desperately hold us back. God, you know. You know what each need is, and I pray you meet each one. Thank you, God, for being with us today. And it's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Be seated with me just for a moment. I'm going to have Miranda, if she will, to get ready for baptism. And Brother Eric's going to lead us in a song. All right. You're going to have to grab your hymn books for this one. It's not going to be on the screen. We're going to sing, Are You Washed in the Blood? Number 178. 178.
that follow the Lord and believe. And uh, she reached out. Would you be with her today in the decision she has made? In his life. Ray Small, New I'll tell you what a blessing to see people who've decided to follow Jesus and to follow him in baptism. Um, baptism is a symbol of the gospel. I like reminding us of that. When they stand in the water, the water going across their waist, that symbolizes the cross as they stand here. And when I put them under the water, that symbolizes the death of Christ. And when I bring them up out of the water, church, what does that symbolize? The resurrection of Christ so they can walk in newness of life. That's baptism. Baptism is a special ordinance. And so if you need to be baptized, reach out to me. If your baptism, I like saying this, if your baptism didn't mean anything to you um, when you got baptized, uh, you need to be rebaptized. If you're living for Jesus now and you're following him, I encourage you to do that. Let's stand together as we pray. Um, we'll take about a five-minute break, and we'll meet right back in here for the quarterly business meeting. Again, it shouldn't take long. And so uh, let's pray together. Thank you for being here today. Uh, what a blessing uh, to have you among us uh, this, this morning. Uh, I'm going to ask Brother Ryan Rackets, if you will, to close our service in prayer.